0: Yes, hello world, huh? (laughs) Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Bite the candle! What? I thought Poulter
1: was number two in the world.
0: (laughs) Um. (laughs) Expect anything different?
2: All possible, Garrett. Yes, it is, Frank. Yes, it
0: is! (laughs) (laughs) And how about the wry smile on Tiger's face?
1: What is happening everyone and welcome back to episode 92, Ryan Johansson, who also 92, Gabriel Landeskog of the SRP. Uh, we are treated to a hell of a week at the Players' Championship this week, but before we get into all that good stuff, we got Gibber back here, Simo is on the shelf, he might join us halfway through. Gibber, how you been and uh, how's the golf game?
3: Yeah, yeah. Gibber's doing alright, Gibber's busy, 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 but uh, golf game, we are talking episode 92, that sounds a lot like a stand around a golf for me. But uh, I think that's probably going to be my, my, my number this summer. You know, the three, four times I might play. We'll, we'll keep her under 100. It'll keep everyone happy. But, no, look at this. We got our, my man, Brett Mitchell, on the pod. This is, this is, you know, first for me getting in here. What's going on, Brett?
1: I will say that self-inflicted busy, so you have zero sympathy from any of us, uh,
0: any, uh, any of us on this you, you podcast. You know my neighbor,
3: the accountant, probably great at golf. Huge ass.
1: Uh, parts. <laughs> How you been doing? You're just talking about traveling. You have a busy, busy summer planned and fall uh, on the travel schedule. Uh, you just mentioned Looking Turks and Caicos, it. and you are
2: bringing the six down there. So let's hear about that a little bit. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Um, back for calling this week, so I got to get good at trivia and maybe my picks, but we'll figure out uh, that later. But yeah, I love this time of year. Not to mention that I'm heading south soon, but. Uh, amazing golf schedule for the PJ Tour. We got March Madness. I'm a huge college basketball guy, so I'm going to be glued to the couch uh, this weekend in the next couple of weeks. But, yeah, heading south on Sunday to Turks and Caicos, taking the clubs, going to play a couple times, maybe three. We'll see. So pretty excited. So, Scared for what the game's going to look like, but pretty excited.
3: Come on. Your game doesn't change if you play once or three million times in a year. It's it's max 74 Low 64.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 38 to 40 putts. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> have you scouted part. out any of the courses you're going to be playing yet?
1: That's what I always do before a golf trip. A little quick little Google Maps and then like go to the website, figure out how
2: I'm going to hit my first tee shot. There's only one track left. down there actually. Oh. And I, I have played it a couple times. Um, it's a nice course. Pretty typical island course. Just like if you miss the fairway, you're in the boonies, you're in, you're in the bush. Um, but... Wide fairways, forgiving greens, but a good layout, good track. And um, yeah, looking forward to it. Maybe a hybrid off the first tee, uh, 155 down the middle, and we'll go from there. (laughs)
1: That's if it's downwind.
2: Uh, I've (laughs) Not what I'd like
3: to hear. Not hybrid off the first, that's not a giver track. But I got a question for you, Brett. So you got to let the listeners know, is this the first time you're traveling on a golf trip like this with your fiancé? Yes. Yeah. And if if so, yeah. can you tell the listeners how you prepared to tell your wife that you're playing eighteen, maybe thirty six holes some days when you're on vacation?
2: Definitely not thirty six. Um, we've been together for a few years now, so she understands my love for the game. But no, we're going with some family, so she'll she'll have her mornings figured out, and then uh, me and a, a relative are going to head to the course pretty early in the mornings and. You can scoot around that course quickly, so it's all about how you how you you know propose it to them. It's oh, it's a nice morning. We're gonna get out. You guys hang by the pool. Um, welcome, Colin. <laughs> and that sound only means <laughs> one thing. Sorry to
1: cut C-ball. you off, Rip. We're but But Colin is joining
2: us here. A little bit
1: late. We did the intro, not quite as good, but Colin, how you been doing, buddy? Looks like you're oh, about to fantastic. to relax for the next couple Podcast of hours.
0: Podcast has here. started. is cracked. We're talking golf. Couldn't be a better, get better Tuesday than that.
3: Oh, gee, colin holds the record good. for 12:40 p.m tuesday beers <laughs> i think in, in all of canada
1: the fact that you think it's 1240 40 that's crazy um <laughs> quickly uh last time i played it uh, or the only time i've really played island golf it was in dominican that counts as a big island i'm assuming um i made six birdies that round and still shot 79 that's Bro- pretty 80, bad baby. You hit it, like
2: the bush or what Pardon me, sorry? Where were you hit? How'd you make the numbers? Just like, kept hitting, just hitting ha- hazards everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> like, you can't find it in those pushes. <laughs> find monkeys, it, but no golf balls. You didn't
3: tip your caddy enough, right? <laughs> I think the last time I played in an island, it was in Jamaica. I don't think I lost the ball the entire time, and I hit it squirrely. Those guys, I think they took a dozen of the balls I was playing, they always found it. Good lie, angle of the pin, baby.
1: Uh, yeah, speaking of hitting balls and hazards and, and caddy problems, the Players' Championship was full of that this week. And we're going to jump right into our quick recap of that. The week started off with our boy, Tiger Eldrick Woods, being inducted into the Hall of Fame. So, like, the Golf T- Channel did a great job of reflecting on what he's done. Also, his speech, he didn't mention any of his accolades. He uh, he mentioned uh, things that built him into the athlete that he became, and I thought it was pretty well done. He, I saw some critics go after him a little bit for... Uh, uh, for being maybe a little bit nervous, but like that guy doesn't get nervous speaking in front of media, does he? He does it all the time. Maybe he hasn't done it in a while. Who knows? But I thought it was really well done, really, uh, really well spoken about his parents, and uh, and then uh, we ended up with a Cam Smith win. St- still the best mullet mustache combo going in the game of golf. I think that uh, if, if if anything, if that inspires young golfers to look like that, golf's in a good place because uh, that guy's awesome, loves his fishing. I also heard a story after he won, he invited about 40 caddies to his house for pizzas and beers and they all enjoyed that because the week wasn't easy on the players and uh, that says it's twice as hard on the caddies. Um, but what did you guys think about Cam Smith's performance? Let's start off with Gibber.
3: Well, so two things. One. Tiger not only did he get inducted to the golf hall of fame, he also won the award for the world's worst dressed person ever being inducted in the, the golf he
1: hall. He already fame. had that years ago, though.
3: <laughs> and, and I think one of the funniest messages I got it, I sent it into a group chat, and when I said you, who dressed Tiger, and they just said Gibber, have you seen his shorts? What did you expect? Uh, but two Cam Smith, awesome player, champion, looks eerily similar to the Tiger King, but. Watching that Sunday round was unbelievable. He made, in the first 13 holes, nine birdies, three bogeys in one par. That is fantastic.
1: (laughs) That that (laughs) is golfing your ball, and what stands out is the one putts and the putting. Like, I mean, the great equalizer, and I think, I hate to give credit to, I think it was it wasn't Nick Faldo, maybe it was uh, Azinger that said, like, "Come Sunday." I think he said this on Friday when it was still the first round. really hard to watch golf or follow golf leaderboards this week. It was all uh, jumbled with the weather delays, but he said, uh, "Come Sunday, look for Cam Smith to win this thing because that putter will keep him in, keep him in it somehow some way." And he was bang on accurate. Uh, Cam Smith also took home a smooth 3.6.
0: Is million that? Stupid for or that, what? Win. I, that was ridiculous <laughs> when I heard that
1: um so colin we'll go to you uh what do you think about cam smith is there any holes that stand out to you,
0: other than that absolute quack hook he hit on 16 which i found hilarious uh Um, no holes that stand out i will just say gibber going through those numbers just shows a a player who's just like oozing with confidence like he's out there firing and i love to see that especially on a sunday in a big tournament a guy who's not afraid to go up pins and try to make birdies Uh, but i love that his face and his hair is going to be plastered around the world representing golf i i love it i love it yeah um
1: just like his smile when he's accepting the trophy Uh, i think a lot of people like uh a lot of blue collar uh guys the golfers like cam smith because they can relate to him a little bit you know uh obviously a really good striker the golf ball but like i mean the short game and putting is what got him through it um parts did he push that uh tee shot on 17 coming down the stretch (laughs)
2: I don't think he did this is a guy who just hits the the right shots at the right time like he's not the best ball striker Um, but when he needs to fire at pins he does and obviously when he needs his short game it's there and I made a note when watching his his putts don't just go in they hit the center of the cup every single time whether it's a two footer a five footer or a ten footer these things roll in with the perfect pace and right in the center And I've never seen a putt do that because I don't putt like that and it's (laughs) he pours it in like he pours it in like speed yeah (laughs) Yeah. like yeah similar the speed is like what stood out to
0: me
1: exactly those guys with make speed you see it a lot on the LPGA tour as well they putt a lot with the make speed and when the greens get like undulating uh and they just seem to putt so much better than guys that try and like ram it in like uh, right immediately that comes to mind is like DJ Rams in. we'll get to his Sunday round um, or guys that like forcefully try and take out break um, they kind of get weeded out in championships like this and uh, uh, this event couldn 't have been easier or easy on the players or the caddies there's times where I think there 's been a, a, a day gap in between their first round and their second round mo- half the field pretty much and the draw mattered more than anything in this oh, event yeah. as far as teeing off first on uh, Thursday and teeing off second on Friday that Oh, sorry, first round and second round because obviously it didn't go off Friday. Um, had a huge influence, probably the biggest we've seen non-open championship in, I would say, 20 years I've been watching golf. Um, now, unfortunately, I did make my uh, picks on DraftKings based off the draw. I, I did know weather was coming. Unfortunately, I picked the wrong side of the draw. <laughs> so we're seeing players like Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay, like all these guys that I'm like, oh, they're going to get the easy side of the draw and they're the best players in the world right now, uh, it kind of flipped. And we saw only really, out of the second round on the wrong side of the draw, only really JT and Bubba Watson played. Uh, yeah. played. But like, when the weather gets like that, when guys are able to flight it up and down and control their trajectories, because the yardage book you can throw out the window. Yeah big time like there's been there was multiple cases where rory was said he hit nine iron twice 205 and then he hit it 105 into the water on i think 17 or there's a couple examples (laughs) of that i'm not sure if the 105 was exactly rory um but guys were hitting the same club into the par 5 16 as they were on their tee shot on 17 so it puts in perspective when a 35 mile an hour wind with heavy heavy air comes in comes into play uh look out and it makes it for super entertaining for guys watching uh, because anything could have happened there we saw was it Keith Mitchell Went, he was inside the cut line by four he went triple double <laughs> triple bogey double bogey and missed it by one
3: not uh, Keith Mitchell it was um uh, not is it, not Scott Stallings oh my god who is it uh Keith Mitchell played with Pendy on Monday um yeah Keith Mitchell made it
1: okay sorry I was thinking about the wrong player but there was a player that uh was well inside just where's the flat line.
3: Yeah, where's the uh, Nick Watney that made the putt on 18 to get in once uh, the guy blew up? Um, I, I want to say Scott Sellings, but it wasn't Scott Pe- Sellings. Was it
2: Piercy? S- Scott, Scott Piercy. Piercy Scott, Scott Piercy. Piercy. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, it was <laughs> Scott Piercy. He, he was well in. He went from 200 <laughs> to two over, like, at the snap of a finger. Yeah. A yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> couple
1: water balls. That could happen at TPC Sawgrass, but I'll quickly run through the leaderboard. Camp Smith one by one. Um, solo second, Aribon Lahiri. Solo third, Paul Casey. We'll get to him very shortly on hole 16. Four, Kevin Kisner always playing well at TPC Sawgrass. He played good in the Um, bad weather too. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. uh, he also lost his caddy on Sunday. His caddy was uh, having some stomach issues, I'm assuming. Went out Uh, the night before. Walking really slow.
2: Yeah, either that. Yeah, a couple draft beers maybe. Yeah, that's calves on the tour too. Wings and draft beer
0: the night before, just gut is yeah. just so, eating itself.
2: Yeah,
1: so confirmed it wasn't <laughs> a calf issue, um, because those no. are sturdy. Um, but uh, yeah, he finished the he finished the round with his swing coach on the bag, and. He said at one point they like couldn't even find golf balls in the bag because he keeps his like his caddy keeps everything so organized and like in his own unique spots. And Kevin Kessner never reaches in his bag, and they were just scrambling for like tees and golf balls on the back <laughs> nine. And he finished, I think, maybe he's either he's in the 60s, I think, on the final round. So he ate solo four and then five. Keegan Bradley, who was, probably could have snuck into the top two if he didn't uh, punch out into the hazard, similar to Cam Smith on 18. Uh, pretty tough look but he also got a rules uh infraction just a lesson when you mark your golf ball with a coin and your golf ball's still on the green and your golf ball moves
0: he thought he could move it back from the wind and he didn't move it back and got a two stroke penalty oh wait so he marked his way. ball then put his ball down the wind moved it he thought he could go back and move the ball back did i get that right
1: I don't think he picked up his ball
0: i think he just put the ball behind
1: and went to go like kind of read the putt from a different he angle he put the coin behind it yeah and the ball moved, but that's... Uh, oh, really? Yeah. you have to I guess pick, you have up to the pick ball. it up. Yeah. So just, uh, just the tips oh, early that. in the episode, but yeah, that is yeah, silly, so and he was, he was hot. He was not a happy camper. Um, but well, uh, Speaking of rules, should we talk about the other
3: rules? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say argument or travesty. Uh, you can say <laughs> argument, but
1: we're going to get to that right after Paul Casey's unlucky break, because anyone okay. that was watching that... Um, he hit his tee shot on 16, bombed it right down the middle. Beautiful tee shot in contention. 16 is obviously a birdie hole, um, especially with how soft it was playing and Paul Casey's long iron ability. His ball bounces, rolls about 10 feet, and finds another player's ball mark from their tee shot the previous day. Now, I could see, I, I looked at Colin specifically there because he's been advocating for you should be able to move your ball from a divot Yeah. in the fairway. Yeah, and now, now, so more than ever, I agree with them. Like you should, you shouldn't have to play from another player's divot if you're if you're in the closely mown area. You shouldn't be penalized a for a mark, good shot. But a ball mark,
0: and yeah, it was it right. was
1: fairly deep. It looked like the ball was plugged. Uh, what do you think the ruling should be there? And how do you determine if your ball's sitting down if it is in another player's ball mark? Because it was wet, but there's a chance on a firmer day that that ball hits, another player's tee shot hits, leads it, leaves it a little bit of an indentation, and then rolls forward, and you can go in that as well, and it wouldn't look as severe. It would just look like a bad lie. But this was to a whole other level that I've never seen before on a golf course.
3: I think they need to change the rule, like and include that in the embedded balls. Right, like, because the embedded ball has to be, it says your pitch mark, and it can't be somebody else's, which is stupid. Because, you know, the fact that that can happen is obviously one in a million. I don't want to say one in a million, but like it's very, very rare that that would happen. I, I will also... say I've
1: probably watched over a million golf shots in my life on TV, and I've never seen that before. So one in a million, <laughs> million you're saying there's a chance.
3: It's saying there's a chance, but like I, I could see it on like a wet day, it happening more so, like say on the fringe, because what would happen, you know, say like folks coming into a par 5, you know, landing on the fringe if it does release out, but then you get a guy hitting a wedge in, spinning it off the green, and rolling back into that divot. They can't take it out. Then what do they do when they're a foot off the green, taking an unplayable lie almost? Or, like, try to whack it out, chunk and run?
1: Did you just call PGA Tour players folks? (laughs) Yeah, Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> I think you did. I, I uh Cole, how do you feel about this? The the guy that's been advocating for getting your ball out of a
0: out of another player's Listen, game. if it's in a little indent, that happens, you gotta play it. But if it's a clear divot or if it's a clear ball mark or it, it's in someone else's pitch mark, like that's a you should be able that's a that's an embedded ball, whatever you wanna say, you should be able to take your drop and get it out of there. You shouldn't be penalized for someone else's not cleaning up what they're doing. So that's just my opinion. I always hate it every time in a divot it takes a long time for the kid to get over that mentally i get frustrated out there really however many holes is left oh yeah like if we're on it yeah if i was playing like cherry hill better ball and i was with jack and i hit it in a ball mark and another guy in the groups i gotta play it from there i'd be i'd be fired up even though i play it from there i'd be fired up at him and it would take me a while to get over but that rule needs to be changed it's stupid
3: Espe- especially when
0: i'm banking on you to make a par on that whole summary yeah. in my pocket G- gibber's in pocket i'm in a divot <laughs> it's not a good feeling <laughs> game over
1: yeah. parts what do you think about it buddy
2: yeah i just i don't think golf tournaments should be decided by someone who's played the whole 24 hours before and that's what happened he hit a missile off the tee and he's thinking perfect i'm gonna have a shot at the green You know, tough pin there, so maybe tough to make three, but make four, get within, I think that would have got him within a shot of the lead. Um, Your better vibes going into 17. And he he was hot after 16, hit a poor shot on 17. Um, So, yeah, I, I just, I have a hard time with something like that deciding a golf tournament. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but the fact that it could have, especially when he hit, maybe his best shot of the day off off that tee, just a nice tight draw. Um, also, whose ball mark was that? Because that thing was like thirty yards ahead of where Casey landed. Probably I know it, it rolled. It rolled pretty well. Yeah. Could, Is that Sep Straka or something? It could only
1: there? be a handful of players. Might have been Pendrith. Yeah, it
0: might have been. Yeah, it
1: was. But, yeah. Well, look up the
2: shot tracer for Pendrith's that's tee it. shot, and if he hit it in the fairway,
0: we're just gonna say <laughs> it's his.
2: That that's what Casey's doing today on his laptop, trying to figure out who's pitch that was. It's Going through good. the whole. I, I can
3: <laughs> confirm
2: it wasn't Pendy on sixteen because.
3: Um, Penny on 16 nearly hit Forbesy. Forbesy went out on the Monday to to fall around Penny, so I was getting swing videos, and Penny was in the pine straw on 16. He oh, damn near for, hit
1: Forbesy for in the chest. Online for us, man. Other than <laughs> a nice little inside the ropes uh, We'll get Forbesy as our social media guy, maybe. Yeah,
0: we got to get think, him inside. the I think ropes. we need to.
1: Boots on <laughs> if the ground. For-
3: Forbes, he's now been to Bay Hill TPC, and he says he's going to the going to the Tour Championship this year too. He's spending more time in, in South Florida than, than he's spending at home here. We're
1: gonna have to start cutting that guy checks. Um, okay, yeah. So and we'll get like I mean that's just a really unfortunate break. And yeah, once Cam Smith bogeyed 18, I know Paul Casey was in the group ahead, but it did have an influence on the tournament. And it, like he was, his layup only went like I don't know. I'm gonna say 120 yards max. Like he he had no shot from that point forward. Kind of unfortunate result, but how often does that happen? I don't know to change a rule. Like you talk about the influence of other players had uh, have on the tour that or tournament that played ahead of you, but before you weren't able to knock down spike marks either. So we're kind of moving forward in golf. Unfortunately, everything moves at a glacier's pace um, when it comes to rules. But uh, there should almost be a knee-jerk reaction by the USGA to change that rule, yeah. um, because we don't want to see the the flagship event for the pga tour be have a potential result of an unfortunate break like that moving on um can i just want talk, to
0: um, yeah sorry i'm gonna jump in real quick can we talk about the, an what, what i liked of, uh, on saturday was with the bad weather is the players had to remove their hats which yeah, brought up, I don't know if Skepka. you saw Spieth. Spieth took off his hat. You know it's windy when Spieth takes off his hat. Because you do not see that man without a hat off. And I'm i am pretty sure he's getting some plugs in there.
1: I'm it's been about sure eight years I since would. I've seen
0: him without uh, a hat on. Yeah, and, it's uh, been a long there's... time. He sneaks in or he knows when camera's around. Even when he's like shaking hands on at t Like that's how conscious he is of, of where well, he it's is. It's a quick the comb over moving.
2: every time. Yeah. His hat off comb over. A- it doesn't do anything, though, because he has no hair, but he's always doing it. He's always trying to... You
0: know, I have it. I have hair. it. It's, it's just like... the hat.
2: <laughs> I feel like he's getting know. little
0: plugs I... going on in there. He's pulling the LeBron James move. I would if I were him, too. It's cash he's got, but I, I saw it. What,
1: what Did it happen with Joe Buck where he almost
0: died getting that procedure? Don't know that story, but that would be... Uh... Have you guys
1: ever heard of that before? I'm going to have to Google it after this podcast. And when
0: <laughs> is Brooksy going to get rid of the blonde? i like it oh i, hate I don't mind it, it. i, I hate like it i hate <laughs> i i
1: don't hate it either i just like teasing him because when he when he came out with a full head of blonde hair like he's got a haircut since so like now just the top's blonde um it reminds me of like when i used to play junior hockey and in playoffs he used to dye that stupid blonde mohawk every year but i wouldn't cut for my my hair for the year after so it'd just always be in there
0: Gibber is um, just sending through mid-podcast about 45 swing videos. I just don't know if you know that. I'm just- oh,
1: yeah, thanks, thanks Gibber. About uh, three days too late. Um, but JT's round, second round, I already mentioned, 69, uh, 69 on that, on the wrong side of the draw when the wind was blowing like that. Really, really impressive. The, the coverage highlighted JT so much. Obviously, he's a, he's a world-class player, and um, they try and – show those world-class players more. But Bubba Watson was four under, and they showed about four of his shots. So kind of weird how it works that way. But um, come inclement weather weather like that, like when guys really work their ball, like we saw it at the players the previous year when JT won, how he was working the ball without the weather. Um, Really cool to see that, like these are the best players in the world. And some guys just have that little extra gear when things get tough. And I, I thought that was one of the most impressive rounds I've seen from JT in his career and that might be a stretch because he's had a 59 and a 63 at the players. yeah but uh golfing your ball when uh, stuff gets difficult like that that was really fun to watch I also wanted to mention uh Dustin Johnson a guy that we haven't talked about much lately obviously still world-class player um best in the world when he's on he fired a 9 under 63 on Sunday to backdoor with a walk camp. off. Oh, oh, sorry. I keep saying Sunday. It was Monday, Monday. Uh, and he had a 29 on the front nine. If this, if like, look, go like, I'm starting to think major championships masters is a couple of weeks away. DJ, we know he loves that golf course. We know how much that masters win meant, Win meant to him, like as far as betting odds or like going down the lineup a little bit, like there's going to be those top 10 players in the world, which DJ, I still think is in the top 10 might be 12. Um, if he starts getting form remember how dominant he was during the playoff stretch like the u.s opens like he might win a, another major this year and i mean masters and u.s open are the two that stand out right away 100 um adam hadwin canadian canadian remember jay onre and dan O'Toole used to say that uh t9 snuck into the top 10 awesome performance and Pendris t13 he also missed an eight inch putt on uh one of the rounds i saw uh yeah he went up i don't know what was happening like beautiful leg putt went up there it was an eight inch putt and he like tapped down it was either a spike mark or an indentation in the green it looked like so something was bothering him i'm like oh that's weird that he would do that on an eight eight inch putt like usually you just hit the putt and like the spike mark wouldn't affect it that much and he just either pulled
2: it or hit that indentation in front of the hole and he really didn't touch the hole (laughs) (laughs) I think that was in his third round, uh, finishing up his third round. Yeah. Yeah, that was enough to watch. The rounds are uh, jumbled in my mind because at any point when I had a chance
1: to watch coverage, I didn't even know what I was watching. It was either like a guy's second round or third round. There was a big split there um, after the cut. But uh, Pendy T13, even though facing adversity of those eight inches, um, great performance. And like uh, we pump his tires enough. But when's he going to get that first win? It's got to be coming soon.
3: It's coming soon. And. It, he left a lot on the table, even more than that uh, eight-inch putt. Um, I think a little bit more experience around there. that course. I was talking to him on Tuesday, and he said that he really likes the setup of the course. And then you know the weather. He obviously got it on the nice side of the draw, um, so I think he what he started the Thursday round, got the Thursday round, and then didn't tee off Friday until Sunday morning. Um, but I, I think with, uh, you know a couple get learning you know where on um, which side of the ridges to get get the ball on. Um, a little bit more experience there. It could be, of course, he wins that. But he—he he, all he has to do is get that putter hot for one week, and I think he's going to win handedly. Um, like, his driving stats are outrageous. He absolutely pounds it. And if he could just get that putter hot and get into the top 15% in putting, I think he wins no problem.
2: Okay. Um, let's get to a little bit of the caddy talk because there are a few. Oh, go, go ahead, Park. Sorry. I was going to say – if, if we're not moving on from the players, I can, I can wait. But I nope. was just going to say one thing about uh, we were talking about Keegan Bradley. His finish cost him almost a million dollars. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I would be able to sleep for a month. Three, He finished bogey, double bogey, and he lost almost a million dollars in post uh-huh. money.
1: And including <laughs> that putt, rules infraction, fraction, it probably cost him 2.5 million. There we go. There we go.
2: Yeah. So- Keegan Bradley's probably running hot this week.
3: Yeah, he's the he's shaking,
2: more, shaking more than normal. That's a, Might be a good super. And,
1: and he has the world's worst fist pump in the entire planet.
2: And I think
3: anyone like, with a long like...
0: putter has a bad fist, bump. Like, <laughs> yeah. or fist pump. They can't really do it. Yeah. It's just awkward. It's, it's disgusting. Speaking of like, putting, did you see the ugly putting stroke again by Will Zalatoris on about a two footer? Uh, he taxes in
1: part sending me Will Zalatoris' putting videos. are his. Three things that ah, are guaranteed in life.
2: I'm addicted to watching those videos
0: <laughs> He takes that inside for good. those who didn't see it. He takes that putter so far inside and then takes it outside. It's like a in out and then jabs it forward and then it went in the heart and he like walked it in like nah, like Kevin nah like he meant to do it, but it is not a good look that is uh that is troublesome that is it troublesome. can't win a major with that no stroke. I don't think, God, I don't no. even think you can win a tournament with that stroke like coming down no. the stretch trying to make putts. Ooh. no.
3: I don't know if the stat was right, but at some point, I think on uh, the final round on Monday when I was listening in, and they were talking about Zalatoris' putting, and I, uh, for how hard he works on it, and they, they brought up a stat. He just he rolled in like a, a six-footer or something, and they said in the week, he's only made one putt between the length of four and ten feet. One. Oh,
0: that's a tiny so stat. He's, he's,
2: he's already
0: arm-locking
2: and pencil-gripping, like, <laughs> What else can he do? As you know, you got to reset. You got to go texting. back to conventional. I think and, you like, to imagine him conventional, though.
0: Like he's got to get a <laughs> want, Like he's got to get a huge face on that putter. Like that. This needs to Gilmore be custom putter. made, like brick on the end of this. Thing. He would
3: be the first player if he went to conventional, to ever be playing on the PGA Tour and should have been playing in the Tour Championship when not having status and not getting status. To going directly from
1: the PGA Tour to the McKenzie Tour,
3: if you switch to the <laughs> conventional putter,
1: <laughs> I think it would do him well. Like, find a putter like that's super unforgiving, so you're just like have to be dialed in on focusing the middle and practice with that for like three months. Like, your ball striking will will make you paychecks during that stretch. You yeah. have to have like a, a, a full reset. Of, like, so it comes down to like if you're practicing, uh, let's say a ping answer, and then just like you're hitting that sweet spot over and over and over again and then slowly building off of that and whatever you know, that's how i would do it but i'm not making he needs
3: to put like with anymore. all the like the really good putters they're putting like that lego or whatever right in the sweet spot so they only ha- they have no margin for error they yeah. got to hit the ball in the center like he would shank every single putt with the amount of movement in that stroke <laughs> Like, Wait, I'm not saying I'm a good putter, but like if, you, even you, give him a light putting look stroke like
0: that Gibber and not not many uh not many scratch Ooh. players strokes look like that.
1: Willie Z would have trouble hitting a brick of cheese with taped on <laughs> his putter right now. It's it's looking rough. But let's uh let's move on from going after him cuz I mean he's still a heck of a talent. He just needs to figure it out on the greens. Uh we were talking about caddies a little bit and uh Gino Benelli, is that his name? That Joel's caddy? Yeah. Um he documented his trip to the golf course on Friday um, because they, uh, he was getting messages from his friends or whatever and they said the traffic, they were on the road already for an hour and a half and their like, Google Maps was still showing that it was an hour to get to the golf course and Joel, Joel Damon was teeing off in the evening to play a couple holes to start his second round. So seven miles to the golf course, he hopped on a bicycle like once again, documenting it all through Twitter. So it showed him like looking at his bike in the garage, hopping on the bike. It showed him passing his buddy in the vehicle on the bike. Like his his friend took a, a picture of him passing him on the bike on the way to the golf course. And he finally got to the golf course and Joel Damon's like time was the next one to go off. And they called it for the day. And uh, and he had to tee back tee off back in the morning. So he biked all the way to the golf course and then, uh, to no avail. They didn't end up playing a hole
2: that night. So they had to go. I hope he rode the morning. bike home too. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm assuming he did. I'm not hundred <laughs> percent sure. He yeah. was into the fan too. Like <laughs> there, he said, if that, if that
1: was on Saturday he would have never got to the golf course. Um, yes. Uh, I have more caddy talk, but I'll, I'll loop back to that. Um, couple highlights for the week is uh, Shane Lowry, uh, acing number 17. Always like to see that. And uh, just a conversation that I just thought up in my head as I was talking right now. I'm like, oh, it'd be great if Shane Lowry was the guy that was opening up the tab for everyone. What other guys on tour would you want to open up the tab at uh, TPC Sawgrass in that beautiful clubhouse? Joel Damon wouldn't be a bad tab to be on. Would be up there. Harry Higgs came to mind. For yeah. Higgs. Tito
2: Vodka those yeah. vodka yeah. i feel like Alan brooks,
1: would, brooks would spend some cash okay uh, i'll give you guys my top three and maybe you can comment or or add on to it number one for me would be darren clark and number two would be graham mcdowell and three would be shane Ly- lowry i would like i like sticking to
0: that like ireland theme when it comes to opening up tabs after hole once i would say if we're going to go back in time i would say john daly is probably number yeah. one <laughs> i would would say jd comes with like cigarettes and diet cokes i love every minute of it and then you're going you're going kids like you probably gotta throw kids in that conversation for sure
1: yeah american side kids would definitely be up there for
0: me yeah and then for me miguel angel Yeth Menes, legendary legendary tap yeah red wine so much red wine like cheese platters. Like he would just do it right. Dare, dare we
3: say Angel Cabrera? Oh, yeah.
0: yeah Maybe a little too early for that. DJ um, back in his prime when he was ripping. It'd be like the movie Blow. Like yeah. just like those
1: that party he has where they get busted. Uh, that's, that's too much. Um, and Victor Hovlin, a little bit uh, overshadowed by the, the Shane Lowry ace, but he aced number eight as well. And I don't know if you guys, and that was in the third round. Both of these were in the third round. Do you guys happen to catch the, like, the Norwegian call for their broadcast? No. Um, maybe if I could figure out how to edit properly, I'll throw it in here, just like the call. Um, but it is electric, so you can picture like a European or a Euro Cup soccer game. That's how like, they focus on Victor Hovland, and they have like their own broadcast for him, essentially. A couple at Sando Bay Hill when he hit that bunker shot for Eagle on number six. Uh, last week had the, like the Norwegian call, and then this hole in one had it as well. Definitely worth a listen. And if I can't figure out how to put it in, just Google it, and you'll Google hear it. The call
0: put it sure. in. I will I say I you. had a friend. Uh, I was playing puck yesterday. He mentioned that Shane Lowry now has an ace at TPC Sawgrass at Augusta National, and he's won a major in his hometown. Like mm-hmm. electric. That's a yeah, and it's a to twelve guess. too. Yes. Right?
3: Augusta yeah. 12, TPC 17, and won the British Open in his hometown.
1: Uh, slow down. Uh, he did not ace number 12. I think it's 12. No. The last ace on 12 was like 20 years ago. It's. It would have been a different hole. I think it was hole. I think he was hole 6. Um, I could fact check that. Or if I talk, uh, someone could maybe fact check me on that one. Um, I've been known to be wrong multiple times per podcast. Yeah, no, 16. Sorry, it wasn't 12. It's okay. was 16. Everybody is swinging a, a miss 16. for everyone. Yeah, everyone so. is. I just, I, yeah, exactly, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I, I always cheer for him, and that that Open Championship win was iconic. Yeah, um, really good to see the videos afterwards too. I like uh, I like the weak banners when you win a major. Um, Okay, um, strokes gained putting, just quickly, I have to loop back to Camp Smith here because my notes are a little bit all over, the, all over the place, but on the final round, he gained 4.158 strokes on the field. Oh, my gosh. That's how you win tournaments. <laughs> That's how you win tournaments right there, and he should have won, won by multiple. Is that his third um, one
0: of the year? Did I know that right? Second one he of the balled, year? I definitely Second. won in
1: Hawaii, and I think that was it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Struggled for, like, not, sorry, struggled is the wrong word, but he, like, He fell off a little bit for what we expected to start the year off like that. But I always have such high expectations when, when someone wins the tournament champions. And I think that's unfair. Yeah. Obviously he's had a great start to the year and that's a flagship win for him. That's like the number one in his career so far. Um, okay let's get to that drop on 16 because this might be a little bit of a heated battle i sent you guys a video on instagram yeah pga tour did a great job because they were a featured group so we got a little bit more than we saw on just the actual coverage but i'll explain the situation drive uh daniel berger hits a drive on 16 down the middle going for the par five and two water right he flare rick flair boys one two claps (claps) um (laughs) right into the water like it wasn't even close um And now when they're walking up, he's playing with Victor Hovland and Daniel, or sorry, he he is Daniel Berger, and Joel Damon, who, if you guys remember, when we was on our podcast, episode whatever it was, 16, go back and listen to that one if you guys haven't, listeners, good one. Uh, He called out Sung Kang in the 2018 Quicken Loans for the same thing. Uh, And the result of that one is they had a debate on where the ball should have been dropped. Um, The rules official came over and said, you guys kind of have to figure it out, which has happened in this situation as well. And eventually, Sung Kang went to the green and dropped the ball beside the green and played out the hole. And if you're a golfer, we've all seen this before. If you're not playing a serious round, you say, whatever, that's hilarious. And then behind your buddy's back, you chirp him to your other buddies. Yeah. Because like, oh, that's a hilarious drop that he's taking, but so be it. Yeah. At least he gets the penalty stroke. He gets what he deserves. Yeah. And golf's, golf's a game built on karma. Uh, so I'll come back to bite him in the ass. Um, Sung Kang went to go sign a scorecard after. Joel Damon said... He was pretty much forced to sign it because the rules official would have signed it off anyway. And after that, the results were everyone messaging him on tour saying thank you for what you did for protecting the field. Okay, that's the Coles notes of that one. Now we're on to CPC Sawgrass. Daniel Berger was convinced that that ball carried land, let's say 50 yards further than
0: what Hovland and. And can you just uh, clarify where Daniel Berger thought it landed? Like how far from the green? Very close. So there's a greenside bunker.
1: Yeah. There's a greenside bunker, and Daniel Berger was int- intending to
0: drop it just short of that greenside bunker, like kind of in the corner. So it of the would have aspect. been a little chip shot to the pin, just Correct. for visual effects for people. W- okay. Like 30 or 40 yards. Yeah, Thirty or 40 like yards, a and pitch. then yeah. yeah. So he thought that, but then the other guys thought it was maybe 90 yards back. 50 yards. I'm assuming
1: like between 100 and 120. We okay. don't know the I exact
0: yardages. Uh, okay. The shot tracker
2: I looked at had him at like 97 or 100 or something. Gotcha. So, yeah. Double the yardage or more than double the yardage.
1: Back okay. Then. So, short story long here, there's a disagreement. Daniel Berger <laughs> said he's never taken a bad shot, uh, drop in his life, which I believe. Believe uh, that I, too. I, I have no, pardon me?
0: I believe that too.
1: Yeah. I, I have no reason to believe Daniel Berger is trying to bend the rules in any sort of way. And I don't, I personally don't think he was. No. But, Hovlin, number one ranked in the world as far as nicest guys on tour. Joel Damon, number top five ranked as far as good guys on tour.
0: Are sweatpants that that ball... under the khakis this week too just as a is that what he went with head. yeah full uh, sweatpants yeah. <laughs> no cool. no under armor yeah. just full blown like, like what everyone sweatpants. wears to bed tonight like yeah. what everyone's watching tv in later tonight like that's man man of the people
1: yeah um they're convinced that that ball was nowhere near uh, close to crossing joel damon was standing five yards from daniel Berger when he hit that shot so they saw the flight victor hovland said he didn't have, really have a great angle and it, uh, they brought over a rules official, and they're still having disagreements. Uh, See, now, Gibbert, I'll let you start off, because well, me and Brett let our opinions known in our group chat. And you seem to so disagree.
3: Here's the thing. I, do I think it was, like, like, 30 to 40 yards? Probably not, because you've got to think of physics and how, you know, how the ball is going to travel and cross. I think it got across, there's, like, a little inlet. I think it's a happy medium. Not where it wasn't where Joel and and Victor were saying, especially when Victor saying, "Oh, I didn't have the grace of angle, but I think this." Like if you don't have the grace, grace of angle, shut your mouth, right? Especially when the ball is intending to to be moving and you don't have a great angle, you have no opinion. The, like the person, you can still Joel have an opinion. Can have an opinion, but if the ball is curving, how? And someone is not directly behind the flight of that golf ball. How can he have an opinion? He's gonna see where it ends up in the water. Oh, yeah. And did like probably just didn't like where he was going up so close, and said, "There's no way; it's way back here." But he really has
1: no idea. I think the word so, physics is a word that you brought up, and I think Victor Hovland was using physics to figure out where that ball ended up and how a golf ball curves. So, so, but here's the thing:
3: when you when you look at the shot tracer and you watch, so Berger is aiming left of the like the the flagpoles. So he's aiming left of the flagpoles, clearly trying to hit a cut. The ball starts online, clearly starts online and then the, the shot is into the wind because you know that based on on 16 that day it's into the wind which is 17. why so the ball
1: or the 16. no uh, sorry i thought you meant like based off of what was happening on 17.
3: no no and so as the ball travels in the wind it's going to lose speed and it's going to curve more in the last 25 to 30 percent of that flight than it is in the first you know 60 70 percent so it's going to lose its steam and it's going to travel more to the right after it loses steam I think it got across the end, and it like what Berger said. He goes, it wasn't just a complete flare; it was a cut, and it was traveling more over. It started left of the pin, and Hovland was saying, "Oh, I thought I thought it just started on the pin and then cut from there." It was completely incorrect what Hovland said. It wasn't even close to that. Judging like,
1: by the, the the shot tracer, it it did look like it started at the pin and cut.
3: No, it, it definitely starts. If you like, no, look at the shot tracer again. I did. It's, it's far left of that.
0: I think, uh, after looking at it, I didn't chime in the group chat, but uh, I do oh, think that Joel Damon and Victor Hovland had a point there, for sure. Uh, I think that where the ball started and where it ended up, and even looking at the tracer, you can see there's a little cutoff area of where the water starts, and I think that's super important to understand. Yes, the ball was cutting, but I think even from the shot tracer, I think it was clear to me that it, that it entered... Not greenside. That ball did not enter greenside. And I think uh, when two playing partners, not just – if it was just Joel Damon and Victor kind of took a step back, like maybe there's a bit of a debate there. And, like, I do think potentially Daniel Berger, I know he's not a cheater, so I'm not going to, like, rag on him for trying to bend the rules. Maybe he saw it differently. But from – when you get two players' perspectives who are very strong on that, I saw the shot tracer – I think that he dropped he was gonna drop it way too close. I do think they had a point and he should have dropped it. Maybe not exactly where he did, maybe a little bit ahead, but it, I it, think did, in between. it didn't cross greenside.
3: I I think did. where it crossed, there, there's there's like a, the fairway kind of jots out. I think he's closer to where it jots out. He's not up by the bunker. He's up closer where it jots out. Like you can see, like even you zoom in on the shot tracer, you can follow the ball. And it clearly starts almost left at the green. But well, that's still 30
0: yards back of where he said it dropped.
3: No, I know. That's what I mean. There, there's something in the middle. But then Victor Hovland just kept saying, I'm not comfortable you know, w- with that drop. And Berger's like, and the rules officials saying, just try to find something in the middle. And then it ended up just being, well, Berger's like, well, I'm not going to take a bad drop. I'm going to take it here, even though I think this is a bad drop. But at the end of the day, how do they not have something at the PGA Tour when they get into this? To tell you, okay, hey, like we we looked at the footage, it crossed here.
1: The reason is because not everyone has footage, so it gives the field an unbalanced uh, uh, way of determining where drops are. That's why they they don't have that, and they won't be able to have every player on every shot. Maybe in major championships, I know they've been pushing for that, but they, if the whole field can, can't have it, they can't have it now. They have shot of the,
3: tracer on every uh, shot though.
1: Uh, no, they don't. Just a, a behind certain tee off boxes and how, those certain cameras that do follow. They, how do they groups. track
3: where every single ball goes? Someone is tracking that.
1: No, they have guys on the ground, so they pin it um, uh, with walking with the group or whatever. So they'll pin
2: each one, do the distance to the flag. So that's how you could follow online parts. Yeah, uh, in our group chat, I, I was on the side of Hov, uh, Hovland, and Damon. I just think that, like, look, if if he would have taken a direct line to the flag he's dropping 220 yards back because yeah. it the, the it jets it, it juts jets i don't I actually no, don't English know language. just rule no, no maybe both manoeuvres. i'll say both they're similar the green maneuvers <laughs> yeah. into the water but it's like almost on an island if, if he were to take it right at the pin so i think when he hits that cut and it's kind of i think two gibber's point into the fan it's whole, it's it's throwing it out over the water and it wasn't even close to land. I know that one angle that they show up by the green makes it look somewhat close to the green, but it wasn't. That's because it was you're looking kind of at the flag down towards the water. But I was there a happy medium, maybe. But I think it was far closer to where Hovland and Damon were saying than where Berger was saying. And I don't think there was any ill intent. I don't think he's a cheater. I don't think he's a Patrick Reed. But like, I, I appreciate those guys speaking up because, like, did they want to do it? No. They probably like that They all probably are buddies to some degree and know each other. Um, but at the end of the day, I do appreciate the players trying to protect the field and not taking it too far. This is someone every week contesting what someone did, being like, you know, oh, man, two feet back. It's like, C- calm down. Yeah. But, like, this happens once a year maybe. Um, so I, I appreciate what those guys did trying to protect the field. And I
0: respect mm-hmm. – one more – I respect Berger for taking – the drop where he did like he he was unhappy about it but that just shows the character that that guy has too to be like you know what i disagree with it but i'm not going to sit here and like be pinned as someone trying to take advantage or trying to cheat in some way so although i disagree i'm going to take the drop i appreciated that i like i like daniel berger more in fact because of that
3: yeah for sure all i'm saying is i just sent you guys a little little
0: snippet yeah gibber but you sent
1: me the they... first I'm not, I'm not looking at shot that right tracer. now while we're live
0: you send me you sent the first 30 yards of the shot it hit the water yet okay i I would be
3: i would be more convinced that it crosses the water earlier if the divot flew more to the right the divots flying to the left so the ball's starting online but
0: cuts but you said it cut it so if it cut the ball's going to move to the right from where you sent the shot and the face
1: is open compared to the divot pattern for sure um but i will when i watched when i was watching it (laughs) on coverage when he hit that golf ball as soon as it left his club face, I'm like, well, he's going to be hitting almost the same shot again um, because it was, it was right in a hurry. I don't know how accurate the, the pro tracer is. Sometimes you see it a little bit off, so you can't really judge by that. But, I mean, it's a great debate, and I'm glad someone disagrees. Like, I mean, we don't want yeah. to be sitting here agreeing with each other, and then it, it wouldn't probably be good to listen to. It. It's nice to have a little bit of a, of a debate. Um, Sung Kang and Joel Damon, wrong. the last time that this happened, they had to let the, the group behind them play through. So coming back to the Daniel Berger saying like, whatever, let's get this, let's get this over with is actually kind of funny because lots of the tweets, the reason why that surfaced last time is because like, oh, why did this group play through the group ahead? And it was because they couldn't have come to an agreement on the whole, which is, which is pretty funny.
2: Um, Do you guys have anything to wrap up uh, for the players before uh, we move on? I, I had one note just about Victor Hovland's short game and how, how poor it is. <laughs> he, he could have won this tournament easily. I, I've said this last week too. Um, he was terrible out of the bunkers at the API. I watched a lot of coverage yesterday because I wasn't feeling well, so I took some hours off work. And he was right there. He made a couple birdies in a row, um, 12 that short par four. He's right in front of the green off the tee. He chips it over past the, the pin, almost into the water then doesn't get up and down and makes a five on on what should be a birdie. And then on 16, he's greenside and two and doesn't get up and down. Like, doesn't even hit it close to the pin. Like, I know his short game has always been a bit of a struggle. He's gotten better over the years, but I'd be frustrated if I were him. He's the best ball striker in the world, and he's putting himself in contention, and he just, the short game is letting him down. then he's watching someone like Cam Smith with a world-class short game just kind of lap him a little bit. On a on a week like this, so that's the only note I had. That's just like it must suck for him. He must be in uh, two weeks in a row coming off where he could have won, and his short game just wasn't present. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you won't
1: even have to pile it on Victor, uh, but uh, the caddy shot on seventeen is the last thing I wanted to talk about at the players. I think this is one of the, my favorite events of the year, and we were fortunate enough to get to know some PGA Tour caddies through this podcast. I mean, we know their players, and we. Uh, for me, I got stuck in a rabbit hole for about half an hour watching each caddy that we've interviewed hit their shot on their Instagram Live or whatever it was. Um, some some really poor efforts, some decent efforts. Um, I don't know if the, uh, Mitch Theorette hit the green. Do you, can you guys remember? I think he
0: did. He did on a second try, I think. The first day, okay. he dunked it in the water. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So he totally redeemed himself. Um, totally but, redeemed uh,
1: himself. Uh Seamus Powers caddy, Simon Keelan. And uh, if anyone's worked at a driving range, they've flipped over a left-handed club and hit it before. It's it's not impossible. It's it's actually like just making a regular golf swing. But he did that. He's a lefty, flipped over a right-handed uh, golfer's golf club and hit the green on 17. The island has a caddy. I think that uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, just wanted to say that. Nice little video, but... If anyone hasn't tried it before, it's definitely worth doing it. You can do it with a driver. I wouldn't recommend it with a three-wood, but like any sort of iron, you can definitely flip her around and uh, and still hit it like a normal club. Um, I,
3: oh. It's very hard. It bothers me. My old man can do it like you wouldn't believe and probably hits it more solid than he does his actual lefties. <laughs> uh, I have to, for me, like I've had to hit left-handed shots. I take out like my three or four iron and just hit it with the back of it. Okay, it way yeah, that's it fair. gives me a bigger face.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, maybe I'm just because I'm super steep. I've always had no problem doing that. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but uh, but it is fun to do.
0: Um, okay, moving on. What's my next note here as I roll through my notes? Should we, as you roll through your notes, just quickly mention that Zach Johnson did it again? It wouldn't be a Sunday Red podcast with Brett on it without <laughs> mentioning Zach Johnson. How many times is this guy going to take a practice swing and like just try to like move the ball. Is he trying to move the ball a little bit with the wind and how oh close he does it? Oh my god, that is he's so funny.
2: To the he's addicted to the thrill of seeing how close he can he swing it to it. the ball without yeah. hitting it. And he's gonna hurt somebody because this thing went zipping. Into the oh, crowd. Yeah. he too. made good contact with that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. like I love, he's just like I think I'll try that one
1: again. Oh, like. thank you so much for bringing that up. I want like I sent it to Brett immediately when I saw it. I'm like, why? Like, how does this keep happening? For those keeping track, that's the third one he's done in the last three years. Probably this one was with the driver straight toe into a gallery. Parts? <laughs> um,
3: I, I think they head. need to make it a penalty.
1: <laughs> just for him? Maybe just off the, for him? Yeah. Maybe off the tee a penalty, but like, there's a lot of times when you're like taking a practice swing and like, like if you're by like a root or a stump and like it like maybe hits it and your shaft hits and it moves the club and it hits the ball. I don't think that should be a penalty, but ZJ, yeah, the ZJ rule. Um, every time he touches the golf ball on a practice swing, that that one was by far the funniest one. To be. Actually, no, sorry, Masters, then that one. Um, yeah, but the Masters. But like Masters almost
0: just... seemed like his mind wasn't there. Like it was almost just like he kind of took a practice swing and was like, oh, gosh, I hit the ball. This one he was like focused oh, on the, the practice rules. swing. Yeah, and knows <laughs> the, the, the rules. <laughs> Yeah, if he's a lefty, there he hits it in the water
2: too. <laughs> right, that's on eighteen. Like, what do you do then? Do you, you go get another nugget and you say like, or is that? I don't. I don't know what that that's is. That's funny. It must not be a penalty, but then he's lost the ball. He's lost the ball. <laughs> oh, that's too good. Uh,
1: okay, moving on from that, let's get to uh, my boy, the Iceman Henrik Stenson, being named the 2023 European Ryder Cup captain. A couple snaps for uh, my boy, Iceman. I love him. Uh, that's, uh, that's already already known on this podcast. But his overall Ryder Cup uh, record was 10-7-2. We all remember him getting paired with Justin Rose and then taking down the top American teams. Gotta love it. Um, and for this uh, announcement, I actually brought you, brought you guys some uh, Henrik Stenson trivia for the week. Oh, love it. Throwing a little curveball. Um, this is going to be out of five questions, maybe six, depending on how I want to a- ask them. Uh, I made them true and false, multiple choice, and some short answers. Not short answers, but like short you to, answer. Have what to is ma- this? You gotta write. Have your to make up your own answers. <laughs> yeah, have to make up your own answers. Final exam. Short answer. Send, um, <laughs> send it in. You gotta use
3: letters, numbers, and words. <laughs> so if you guys can
1: email me your responses, and I'll, I'll when I'm editing, I'll put them in. Um, so question one, we're gonna go uh, just in the rotation of my screen. It's gonna be Gibber, Brett, Simo, and then we'll go. Snake draft, I guess, through the questions, because that's the okay. only way I know how to do it.
2: We're going to get lost in the snakes so big. Fast. We get
1: lost when it's just back and forth, but that's okay. Um, question one. How many Ryder Cups has Henrik Stenson appeared in? Give her your up. So that, Don't look at your phone. I know we say this every it's time. A, it's a calculator. Why do you need a calculator?
3: For yeah, knowing? like how do, do you calculate? Some good math here.
0: That doesn't make any sense. You're going to count. You should be good with numbers here. Six Ryder Cups.
1: I'd like to see the formula you plugged into that to get to six, but that's okay. Brett? Parts?
0: Five. I'm going five. Okay, Simo and uh, Parts on the board, five. Uh, Geber's thinking this guy's been around for like 30 years. So he played in,
1: he played in 06. (laughs) He played in 06, 08. And then if you guys remember, Henrik Stenson lost his game for about five years there. Could, uh, Mm -hmm. fell well out of the the world golf rankings, wasn't getting in any big fields, had really uh, big struggles. Uh, off the tee and around the green so um and then he came back 2014
0: 2016 2018 he nice. played in five i wish gibber guessed like 10 on that <laughs> yeah same with me okay uh, no, <laughs>
3: Rick, rick's gave us the math he said he's 10 7 and 2 so trying to figure out how many times oh, he play he would have got scratched no, that right, was a couple fair. times okay i'll
0: give you that i didn't think okay of that. big math guy
1: question two this one's true and false so you, it's it's either there or it's not there uh, Henrik Stenson was the first player ever to win both the race to the race to Dubai and the FedEx
0: Cup in the same season. To me, yeah, sure. Who's on first? Uh, true. I'm going okay. false. I have another name in mind.
3: I'm going false too. I think he was about to do it, and then somebody beat him.
1: Parts. It takes the early lead,
3: did noses he, did front. He not, in front first.
2: Did he not dominate that year.
1: In 2013, yes, I thought Luke Donald did 20. it before him. Luke Donald never won the FedEx Cup, but he might have won the the uh, money
0: winning for the PGA. Oh, Park. that's what it was. Okay, yeah. Okay. I,
3: I thought he, I thought there was a stat like Hennet, or Stenson was like going to be the first person to do it, and like Roy or
1: Roy or someone came from behind and beat him, but I uh, yeah, no, was wrong. Fair enough. I believe so. Um, this one's tricky. I okay, didn't. I'm get this first. One. Let's go. Uh, Henrik Stenson has won how many European Tour events? The multiple choice, helping you guys out. Okay. A nine. B eleven. C
0: thirteen. D fifteen. Going with the old school test taking days it's C, baby. Thirteen. 13. Okay. Gibber. Eleven. I was gonna say eleven too. Uh, Gibber, and par- uh, Gibber and Parts gets it with a lot. I was never good at test-taking just for the listeners. I <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, like a
1: good old trusty seat. Uh, question four. Here's where uh, they start getting really good if you're a golf fan. Uh, he won the 145th Open Championship at, one, at what venue? A, St. Andrews. B, Royal Troon.
0: C, Hoylake. D, Carnoustie like Royal Troon. I'm going Troon, too. Okay, it was against Phil, right?
1: Uh, Seymour and yeah. parts. No, don't answer questions ahead.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> that <I> sucks. Just, <laughs> give me another point, baby. Bonus point. I'm back uh, in the lead.
1: I'll, I'll make up another question because you yeah. kind of just ruined that one. But, yeah, that one was that yeah. Royal Troon. Hoy bonus was point, one from, though. Throw the bonus point. Uh, iconic uh, – I, iconically Gibber here. He just said Hoy Lake because that's where Rory won his Open Championship. <laughs> which I think Gibber, is Gibber, would
0: funny. you have picked Rory last week to win? Of course. Yeah, okay.
1: Um, he was
3: hot. coming in hot.
1: <laughs> okay, I, I put that, yeah. Who is that iconic duel with? We'll skip over that one because it's been answered. Bonus point. Um, but he broke, the, he broke the Open Championship record for lowest score at any major in relation to par at that time. What was the score to par?
0: Brett, And, and we'll start out. with Yeah, we'll start with Brett. Twenty four under? I'm just gonna go I'm gonna go twenty-three. Oh damn it. Got move. Go twenty two, Gibber. So <laughs> oh Twenty two. This is gonna take so 20 years, much Twenty two. <laughs> what is it?
1: <laughs> like why did it take so long to get to that answer <laughs> if it's a guess? I don't understand. I knew he
0: was going twenty two.
1: He was twenty under par. It was uh, a par uh, seventy and he no also had the no the got the least amount of shots. No bonus point. The bonus you need to get bang it's, on. was Tiger had
3: that record for the longest time, but he was he was dashed, was he
1: dashed 18? 20 at Augusta? At St. Andrews, he was 18. DJ just shot 20 under um, at the Masters in uh, the November one. Uh, question five. Parts has a, a two-shot lead over Colin, three-shot I over I had the bonus Dibber. point, though. No, you didn't.
0: <laughs> That's um,
1: worse. and this one if you guys get this i'll be
2: blown away this one's worth three points okay who finished third in that tournament at royal Troon? i don't think they showed anybody on coverage that day because it was just that battle between phil and hank you're not wrong i'm gonna go like zach
1: johnson good guess i'll give you guys a hint because that was such a good guess it's kind
0: of in the zj era so it's not him (laughs) <laughs> it's completely just like <laughs> wrong. I thought the good yeah. guess told you that
1: it wasn't Zach Johnson, but that's okay. Padre Harrington?
0: Another decent Ooh, guess. That was a good guess, wrong. too. I was in my head. Bill Haas.
1: A little bit of one out of left field, but no, you that guys wasn't. went over three there. Um, JB Holmes finished oh. a solo third in that event. I'll just run through the leaderboard top four. Henrik Stenson minus 20, Phil Mickelson minus 17, JB Holmes. -6 Steve Jeez. Stricker -5 Yeah that's a, that's an that a a iconic win and one of my favorite ones to put on is background noise. Yeah, uh, I always enjoy seeing that one. Those guys both played unconscious that day. Um but that's it for Henrik Stenson. We're hoping uh I think all of us are cheering for Europe uh next Ryder Cup and we can't wait to to watch in Italy. Are you guys ready to move on to the Vales Bar? Let's move. Okay. Um so this one's in Palm uh Palm Harbor. Which I had to look up. I'm like, I thought it was in Tampa, but it is very close to Tampa. I think that's like the closest uh, the town to it. So it's, we're still in Florida. Uh, Copperhead course at Innisbrook, 73 40 as far as the yardage goes, and it's par 71. Now, if anyone's watched this tournament on TV and heard the commentators, and like if you watch it for multiple years, the cream rises to the top as far as ball striking goes here. It's not like a regular Florida golf, golf course, it's very hilly. Very narrow and there's trees everywhere. It's cut out of the woods uh, water plays a big part in the back nine. It's like very strate- strategically placed sorry, and uh, The uh, the iconic finishing holes of this course just like kind of the Florida theme Florida swing theme has Is that the snake pit is 16 17 and 18 as far as uh, as far as finishing this puppy out now uh, accuracy at the T is a premium there's a lot of non-driver holes just for the ability to try and keep it into play the play into in place or keep it in play and uh our defending champ 2021 was sam burns if you guys remember co- correctly that's right uh 17 under par for this event and him and keegan bradley were tied until hole 12 on sunday where keegan bradley hit in the water and then sam burns kind of took a uh, ran away with the event but it was a, it's always a good event, and then uh, never a bad pick to pick Paul Casey here, too. He's the only back-to-back champion uh, that this tournament has ever had. And I don't think he's in the field this week because it says out beside his name. Which super true. unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so those, if you already made your tickets, it's good to go back and make sure that you remove Paul Casey. Um, 2017, Canadian, Adam Hadwin, won this event, minus 14. And then last year, Corey Connors uh, finished T21. And uh, our boy Gligic finished T29 this event last year as well. So, uh, I the this in the year field. though. Gligic is not, sorry? No.
0: Corey Connors is an alternate, yeah.
3: This okay. was the event too, I believe. Corey had the lead at at one point, when, but Tiger was playing in front of him, and was making that charge, right? And then I can't remember who ended up winning, but Corey well, kind of fell that off. That was a
1: few years ago when Paul Casey won. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Tiger did play the Valsbor at one point when he was kind of working his way back into the, the PGA Tour. And I do have a little bit of a fun fact for you guys. I, in this event, I like to dig through the stats a little bit because you can kind of get a really good idea of who's going to play well here if you look at some past history as far as like strokes gained approach in certain areas. And uh, I happen to do the strokes gained greens and, or sorry greens and regulation greens and regulation percentage from 175 to 200. Number one on the PGA Tour right now, Max McGreevy. Oh yeah. And I and I did look at the betting odds, and I did a, like a long scroll down to see if I could get a good sleeper. If Max McGreevy wins this week, he's paying out plus thirty thousand. It's a nice little bet. He just finished second in Puerto Rico. This is a bit of a weaker field just because of the place on the schedule. But I mean, that wouldn't be a horrible bet to throw fifty bucks on. Him. No, not at all. Right? I mean, I couldn't believe that he's that is far that down. Is that your sleeper pick this week? it is not okay. um, but uh brett you messaged me a couple of weeks ago you said you said Innisbrook might be sorry copperhead at Innisbrook might be one of your favorite courses on the florida swing it's got a lot of competition but uh <laughs> it, tell us how you feel about this golf course we know you would shoot 70 on it we know that already other than that
2: why would it be your favorite golf course on the swing I just think cause it's so different. Like you said, I think it kind of stands out on this. They all stand out on this swing. It, you know, I I think when you put them all side by side, I, I may take a few steps back from that take, but I I, I love this tournament. It's got champion, awesome champions in the past. Um, yeah, I, I like this course. I don't know. I, th- I think it's kind of underrated because, it, especially now, since they moved the players back to March, comes after the players and the Honda and the API. So, it kind of flies under the radar, but it's a sneaky good course with, you know, a sneaky good field. It's not, it's not deep, but you know, some of the best players in the world are playing here. So, yeah, I, I'll stand by that take. It's, it's in the top four of the Florida. <laughs> I'll, swim. I'll stand. It's my
0: favorite. I'll stand by it. It's in the top four.
3: How many courses are in the
2: t- in the Florida? Swimming? Four. Four. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it was
2: an aggressive comment, but I, I think I, I know someone who's gone and played this course a few times. They speak really highly of it. Um, and I just like it because it's different than, than the other tracks that are, are played leading up to it. So
1: Okay, uh, and I respect the take for sure. I, this is one that I would want to play. I wouldn't put ahead of probably... I definitely wouldn't put ahead of Bay Hill and TPC Sawgrass, but it is so different. It's like playing... Um, If you were in Florida playing the same golf courses all the time and then you came to like Copperhead I think you would have appreciation of like playing those wood line big trees tight Ball striking demanding golf courses, especially if you have a little bit of a game I will talk about the snake pit quickly because there's no talking about this golf course unless you talk about hole 16 17 and 18 I'll quickly uh, break them down make it quick and painless for anyone that listen that's listening that doesn't care but 16 is a par 4 this is the one with water down the right and if you miss the fairway, you're probably not going for the green. Um, this was the 19th hardest hole on the PGA Tour last year. So that says something. Um, consistently plays that hard, too. Um, some go- some holes rank harder because it plays into the wind for the full week. This one doesn't need wind to play tough. Um, hole 17, par 3 called the Rattler. This is... Uh, it demands a really strong mid to long iron. Um, and it, it the green seems to run away from itself. So, like coming down the stretch like if guys are getting fours it doesn't necessarily take them out of the tournament and then hole 18 this is a narrow par four it's a long boy and it has 10 bunkers this is the one with like five bunkers up the right side two big ones on the left you really have to thread the needle here and the approach uh, doesn't get any easier and this green really bends if you remember when tiger was in contention made that birdie on 18. um it, it's a sloping green and when you're coming in with a long iron really hard to control a uh, couple of little fun facts is uh, this this was the third hardest hole on the PGA Tour. Sorry. These three holes were the third hardest finishing stretch on the PGA Tour in, since 2003. So it consistent, consistently plays really tough. And then last season, these uh, three holes were the hardest greens to hit in any event uh, in the last three holes. Some fun snake pit facts for you guys. Love it. Um, now. We're going to jump right into picks. I'm, we're fortunate to still have Gibber. Um, we want to hear his winner, his sleeper, and his struggle. And we want to hear him right now.
0: All right. Did he prep? No. I prepped these oh, a little I love bit. It. I a little,
3: little bit. It. I had a look at the field just to see who I was liking. <laughs> um, there's one. I'm going to start with my sleeper pick. There's one name. I don't know. It always comes to mind at this place. Um you don't hear his name too frequently anymore, but I feel like he's had some pretty good finishes of this track. My sleeper is Sean O'Hare. And fine, he always puts himself in contention here. I think he has. He, he I don't know if he's won here. I don't know if he's ever won a PGR tour event, that could be a very interesting take. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, but I I think he's been in contention here before. I like Sean O'Hare. How many times My has he been in contention
0: this... here before Gibber?
3: Sixteen, yeah. uh, maybe seventeen. Um, my winner this week, and only because it's a very, very difficult golf course, um, like especially like the like the Snake Pit, um, but it requires you to make some putts. I like Adam Svensson. Oh, what? I don't know why. It just came to mind that he's been playing some very good golf, putting himself into contention. But it's it's a tournament where I think someone like him could could sneak in there and win. Because he can go aggressively low if needed, but he he's also good in a tournament where it's not just a, like trying to bomb and gouge, right? Um, so, I, I like Svenny, but my struggle this week, Keegan Bradley, just because he got a terrible fist pump.
1: Wow,
0: Going I, I'm off gonna say board with the. I
1: win. love you my guy. That guy is the sleeper. I love my guy Svenny, baby, but he is like almost dead last in putting, uh, this year on the PG Tour. <laughs> so.
0: He's been
3: playing pretty good though. Uh, he's had a lot of good finishes. <laughs> I like striking
0: has been superior. You're absolutely right. We have to mark down the number of winners Gibber is going to pick that were a guest on this podcast because it is nearly 85%. (laughs) (laughs) With the exception of Rory McIlroy at a few (laughs) events and Tiger Woods at at every major. Yeah, every every time he tips (laughs) it up. Uh, Can't call it two years, buddy. All right, I'm going winner here coming off a course record at TPC Sawgrass starting to find his form We mentioned him Dustin Johnson this guy Like you said when he is playing his best I don't know too many guys that can compete at that high of a level as he is He's obviously in form. He's starting to find his game. I think he hasn't won in a long time This is gonna be his little breakout. He's gonna take the dub down my sleeper this week little bit of a sketchy sleeper because I don't know if he's considered a sleeper, but I'm going Abe Answer. just doing it to do it. Uh, unreal ball striker, hits a ton of fairways like you said. You need to strike the ball well here. I think Abe Anser is going to put himself into contention. And Finish my struggle p- here last year as well. There you go. That's why I said I don't really know if it's consi- – I don't know if you can consider that a sleeper, but it's kind of off board a little bit in terms of some of the big names. Neither here nor there. And my struggle pick this week, I'm going Brooksy. I'm going Brooks. I I tell you what I didn't. I don't like the the blonde hair, but I hated when he hit it in the water on 17 and was just like laughing like he didn't care. I hate. I hated it. So I think Brooks is going to struggle here this week. I think he's going to have a tough year. But I'm going to say he's going to struggle here this week specifically.
1: Okay. I
2: like. Parts. Um. All right. I'll jump right into my. My winner. Um, I'm going to take Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, I like him as a player. He's he was on form going into the players, but he was on the wrong side of the draw. Yeah. There, so you know you can't fault him for that. Players I saw is a some wash, co- yeah. Yeah, I saw some coverage of him, and he was not happy. <laughs> missed like a six footer that the wind blew like three feet. Um, but coming into the players, he was ninth at the API, tenth at the waste management, and sixth at the AT and T. So he was. He's been on form this year. He doesn't play a ton, but when he has played, he's played well. So I'll, I'll take him to win my sleeper. And just because of the field, he may not be considered a sleeper because he's fairly high up on the D-Kings uh, board, but is Alex Noren. Um, I consider who, that a sleeper. Yeah, he's been playing, like, sneaky well uh, in the last year, I would say. Um, but he's made five of six cuts this year. Uh, Fifth at the Honda six at the waste management uh, nobody hits into the ground harder than Alex Norin um, I, I don't know how the shafts maintain themselves through impact but somehow they do um, and I like him I like him as a player so I'll cheer for him and then my struggle this week is Sam Burns so the defending champ um, he wasn't necessarily on form going into the players he had missed he's missed three of his uh, last five cuts I think it's one of the hardest things to do on tour is defend your title um, he'll have some pressure going uh, on him going into this week. So not that I want to see him struggle, but I, I don't see him top 10, top 20. I don't see him in the top 20 th- this week. So I you think see him top outside three.
0: top 20 is fair for that. Yeah, I'll give yeah. You
1: that. Right, that's what I hit yeah. Rom on last week for a struggle too. But, I mean, mm-hmm. and he was on the good side of the draw, but he didn't play well Sunday. Uh, parts, your, your picks are rather intriguing to me because we have two of them the same. Uh, I also picked Alex Noren, one of the hardest guys, uh, working guys on the PGA Tour as far as uh, as practicing his game. Eliminates one side of the golf course, which I think is huge on a tree-lined golf course, um, because you have essentially double the the room to miss off the tee. I liked uh, I liked him as my sleeper, and I also picked Sam Burns to struggle. Um, It just seems like when we when after he won Riviera um, previously, and then. He's won a couple of more times. I thought like his coming out party would be more consistent. Um, and yes, the golf course probably suits his eye, but I just don't feel like he has it this week. And now when I say that, maybe yeah. outside top 20, but I don't think he's going to contend. I, I got a case of beer, beer t-
0: that he's going to be inside the top 20.
1: Okay. Ooh.
0: If someone wants to take action on that. I'll take action on that, sure. Okay, But I'm well, going to pick the winner right
1: here. So if I pick the winner, maybe that will negate itself. Is that, and I'm going with uh, Louis Oostways. And I can't Ooh. believe you guys didn't pick him because when you think about, like, guys on that mid-range, you think about the Collinmore Cows, but the next name that comes up to me is Louie. And he plays this event uh, quite often. In the last four visits here, his worst finish has been T-16. Uh, in, uh-oh, I didn't write down the year and now I'm going to have to remember it. 2019, I believe it was, he finished runner-up here. So that was his highest finish. Um, <laughs> Not a
0: <laughs> yeah uh that's a surprise <laughs> yeah that's a surprise because he hasn't won like the well the he, he comes there. second a lot like i want i would oh. throw a lot of action on him coming second okay well he's <laughs> gonna win this action.
1: <laughs> and uh just looking at his stats he's 28th uh strokes gained off the tee he's 33rd on the pga tour tee to green total um and then there's my point 2019 finished second so i just found it um, I'm going to take, uh, Louis and, uh, I don't think it's a bad pick, but I think all our picks are decent. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Svenny caught lightning in the bottle.
0: I think I he's going to be up there. And I, I, like, I, I see a top 15 out of him for sure. Okay.
1: Awesome. Uh, did do you guys have anything else to comment as far as the Valspar?
0: Not for me. Don't know much okay. about the golf course. I missed your preview, but, uh, oh. I'm sure. It was, out you can listen five par threes i like five i like courses with, oh, that are par see, 71 I That hate, don't change the, i don't do like courses that? with five par threes i hate i think par they're threes. harder yeah i hate par yeah. threes what about
2: yeah. five par well horses? you're not invited to you're not invited to galt then Seymour. <laughs> is there five par threes
0: out there there are okay no, what's the worry, what's the, the shortest anyway. one like 140 yeah there's five, green, five par threes Bunker. and 14
2: irons off tees Ooh. Gibber's not a fan. <laughs> That's for <laughs> you. Yeah. That's good for me. When you hit, when you hit your three iron, three hundred yards, yeah. Yeah,
1: fair. Um, I, I will say I, I'm a fan when a course has five par fives and five par threes, though. I like seventy-two for whatever reason, but seventy feels great when you like shoot three over and it's like a seventy-three instead of a seventy-five. I love Great a par feeling. 70. I love oh, a par yeah. 70.
2: Yeah. It's nice. I like later. going. I'll invite it back to Galt, Simo. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> it's a, it's a love hate with that course by the sounds of it. Five <laughs> par threes, but par 70. And, and I will say that
1: uh, I like when the par threes are spread out on a golf course. I hate when you play like nine holes and it's like three par fours, a par three, a par five, a par three, and then a par four again. Like, I like when the par fours are spread around. So, like, there's a little bit of back and forth. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I don't know if I worded that correctly, but uh, we knew what you were I, saying. I, I do have a, a story to tell you guys. You guys know I coach junior hockey. Yeah. If you've been on like scrolling through Instagram, I think Bar Down put it up, and Sportsnet just recently put it up. Go ahead, give her. Are oh, you taking off? Yeah. See you later, Phil. Love you, boys. I get to the rink on Sunday. We're playing an afternoon game, and one of my goalies, love him to death. He's like one. He, I feel like he's my son. Comes up to me. And he, and I will say this, he is a goalie. A little, little, like that's all. A little, different. With. A little different. A little maybe. different, Just like, yeah. a, just like all of us. Little I different. walk in the, the back door into our room. He goes, uh, coach, I'm fighting tonight. Am I I'm fighting? Not? Yeah, I'm fighting. Okay. I like it. Um, so it's I'm fight like, night. no, you're not. He's like, and he's just coming off of like COVID protocol. He got in the state, So he's been off for 10 days. Hasn't practiced with us. Our other goalie's fighting a little bit of an injury. So like we we're trying to like, spread the, spread the reps out a little bit. I'm like, no, you're not. There's like five games before playoffs. Our team's doing well, so we want everyone healthy and not suspended heading the playoffs. And it's like late in the year. But he's 20 years old. I guess he's been on his bucket list for a while. Um, Love it. So he tells me, and then there's warm-ups. He comes back in the room. He's like, I think I'm going to do it tonight. I'm like, you're <laughs> nuts, but whatever. Laugh it off. Uh, we're playing this game uh, about three-quarters of the way through the second period. We got a good lead, and uh, our goalie hasn't let a goal yet. He's got a shutout going. So I'm like, oh, that might like keep him, keep him in Detract rain. him from doing it. You know that. what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's a skirmish that happens in the corner. Our captain gets in a fight. and It's, it's kind of going on. I'm looking on that side of the ice. And sure enough, the other goalie comes out of his crease, maybe like to the top of the circles. And our goalie skates to the red line. And they go toe to toe. Center ice. How do you do? how do he, he, do? he was he, i will say this he was drastically outsized he's like maybe 5 175 but built pretty strong the okay. other goalie's like 6 2 maybe around 200 okay and it was the best fight i've seen all year the oh, crowd the crowd and the kids in the crowd were going insane i did uh, there are so many emotions going through my body when i was watching this i'm like well one i want him to do good i was excited i was disappointed i, I didn't know how to feel I just was watching in just silence. You don't want and him to get one punch KO'd, like, you know, no. like you don't it want that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And like right away, both buckets are off. So I'm like, well, when you go down, don't hit your head or hurt your yeah. knee or, well, you know, the the dad stuff. But yeah. then once they started throwing, i like, I was just like the biggest fan of it. I mean, the the team was just buzzing. And if you're a hockey fan, it's just great to see. Yeah. And uh, there's some good videos of it, so I'll send them your guys way. Like I said, Sportsnet oh, I posted it. it today. Yeah. They're uh they're going toe to toe and after the game like he said he like went in the crowd obviously once he got his suit on he's like signing kids Air Force ones and like oh my god he's just like it's I'm surprised his head got out of the rink the how swollen his his ego was but it was pretty funny he was a man of his word I I'll I will call him a lunatic but I mean it was pretty awesome you
0: gotta the love stars, to see
2: that yeah the stars aligned for him because like that doesn't happen every game an yeah. opportunity for like like it sounded like he was gonna jump somebody before yeah. the game when he was saying like I'm gonna fight. It's like one, one which way or another I'm gonna fight somebody. But like the fact that the goalie started skating out and he's like green light, <laughs> it's on. Yeah, well, it was like Fun. it was like a, uh it was our last home season game of the year, so it was like
1: community night too. So like there's a bunch of little hockey teams there, and like we had like pig races after, and our like owner interviewed him after, and he's, his <laughs> breakdown of it. It's like oh as soon as I saw like he knew. He knew the other goalie's last name. I don't think they played against each other before, but he's like, oh, as soon as I saw him come out, he's like right in front of like every kid. He's like, I knew I was, I was not
0: backing down from the fucking challenge or <laughs> something. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, oh my God,
1: but super entertaining. Uh, it is, ended he, up the uh, is that game. his
0: last year too? So like that was the last regular season home game he's going to play in. Yeah. He's going to Oregon next year. I think that's where okay. he's committed.
1: Um, but uh but that was his last uh, until playoffs. Um,
0: but that was his r- last regular season game in junior at home. Did you have a couple nights off after? Like, did w- did he have a chance to maybe go and and you know experience what what that night would have been? Like, have a night. Uh, we gave the guys a green light after
1: it because we won all three games on the weekend. I don't Love know it. what happened. I don't keep tabs on them that way. Uh, we didn't. We had an off day yesterday and we practiced this morning. But I was working so. Um, Legend, I don't know. I'll, either I'll way. I'll see him tomorrow. I'm sure he's going to be on the bus. Yeah, five-game suspension. But oh, okay. That's yes. what
0: <laughs> <laughs> Little tough to swallow. That's um, tough. How so many he's games left in the regular season? Five. Okay. Nail <laughs> so, it in until the yeah. playoffs.
1: <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. I can't wait to talk to him and hear his opinion on the suspension. But, I
0: mean, good for him. Love the kid. I, he's a man of his word. That's all. I'll, that's all. Is I'll that say. a standard suspension? Else. Is that 5 <laughs> games? Is that a standard suspension or is it just oh. cuz that
1: Okay, so goal, a goalie fight automatic 3. So I've learned through the CGHL. Okay. Um it was the second fight that happened in the stoppage of play cuz there was already a fight going on. They skated to center ice and it was the second fight that started and they didn't take their own helmets off, but like it appeared like the helmets were off within a second of fighting, so it's like kind of mocking the rule, or like it didn't come off organically, or I don't, gotcha. I don't know the exact breakdown. We I got gotcha. sent this huge paragraph. I read like the first two sentences. I'm yeah, like, okay, what are you gonna days. do? Yeah. I, I kind of <laughs> expect it, but I mean, it was definitely worth telling on the podcast. It was uh, it's something I'll never forget as a coach.
0: And how do the listeners follow the hockey team? What's The, the Thunderbird. No, Thunderbird. What are you talking about? The we're Thunder the Cam- Bay. Uh, sorry, Thunder Bay. No, okay. Slow down. Okay, we're we're, the Cam-, team right we're now. Cam River Fighting
1: Walleye. That's, that's the team. Okay. Well, like anyone from Thunder Bay would know I'm, I'm coaching it,
2: I
0: think. Yeah, but the other listeners want to check it out.
2: Yeah. Come, come watch a playoff game. How are the jerseys? I feel like with the Fighting Walleye, you could get some like a good logo or some good jerseys going. Uh, uh,
1: so we have like five different jerseys. I actually don't even know what our main. That's every are, sport we have. Yeah, yeah, we haven't worn them for a while. But we have our, I think our like our original home and away are pretty awesome. The logo's the logo is awesome. I think it uh, it got voted like one of the best in Canada when they had that competition. Um, we also came out with like all the, these all orange ones, and like our township that we play in is called Oliver Papunje. So it says like OP on the front, which like I I'm pretty sure like Overpowered I think is the the acronym for that like kids would say that so those jerseys are pretty cool and then we have yeah the other the other ones that they're just other alternates that look pretty sharp but we're black orange and and
0: white gotcha love it yeah i know we're a golf podcast but did you also see the clip of uh the hockey player who went in the stands and ran up the stairs to sucky punch the dad who was losing his mind I've seen something close like that happen before. I mean, anyone that's been in a hockey rink, like parents
1: just get insane sometimes. Yeah. Um, And I have seen some altercations. They I, are wild. Not to get yeah. into like crazy hockey stories. Like, I mean, like you said, we, we usually talk golf here, but when I was coaching minor midgets, so that's a draft year for major junior, we had a parent from another team come to our game and heckle our goaltender the whole time, like a 15-year-old. <laughs> And it just, the only you reason got I got nothing better to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I first I thought it was like a joke. Like I didn't I didn't realize what was happening. And then like intermission, our goalie told me what was happening. I'm like, okay, I need to start watching this closer. And sure enough, this dad watched our full game heckling our
2: our young goalie. I'm like, holy, st- what's this coming to? <laughs> but this that, he's, that he's that leaving the happens. house, and his wife's like, where are you going? I'll be right. Just get some milk. Yeah. <laughs> gone for an hour and a half just to heckle an 18-year-old, a 17-year-old, 16-year-old, yeah. 15, yeah, that was 16, minor midget 15, 15 16. Wow. Yeah.
1: Tough luck, but it, that stuff happens. Crazy hockey uh parents are real and uh yeah. I'm sure it happens in every sport. Just that's the one I'm 100% um uh, I see the most.
2: But that's yeah, it. My old man got thrown out of a minor minor baseball game. The the ump would not start the game again until my dad left the the area i can't even picture that like what was he doing no he was just i don't know yelling at the ump (laughs) and then he came back with a hat and a drink (laughs) and he's not even that that like wild with that stuff he's pretty calm but yeah i feel like every parent's either seen a parent or being that parent you know you just get a little too rowdy you you like your you love your kid a little too much
0: they think and they're you a little that... too they're a little better <laughs> yeah. than they are you let <laughs> that 20 yeah. year old ump have it <laughs> yeah yeah poor kids out there making 20, 20 bones work. for an hour game just getting yeah. ripped on by parents
1: oh man yeah. reffing or umping is than. such a thankless job like no wonder why the numbers are down across the globe of no people that kidding. want to do it because like you're just out there like you said you're whatever it is an hour you're making and you just have, like, these older parents. I'm assuming, like, you're, you're younger. You used to play the game. You want to stay involved. And you just have, like, these middle-aged parents yelling at the top of their lungs. And, like, I mean, uh, I've seen the, the bench side of things when our coaches, some of the things that they say to these reps. It's like, cool. Oh, that's not how you're supposed to talk to human beings. Like, you wouldn't say that to someone on the street that pissed you off. Like, just because we're playing hockey, you think, it, think it's right? It's, it is a thankless job, but thanks for the guys that do it for sure. 100%. No kidding. That's it for me, boys. That wraps things up. Colin, thanks for joining us. I'm glad you got here on time. Uh, Gibber, if you're listening to back to this, uh, thanks for your picks. Thanks for your opinions. They're always appreciated. Parts, thanks for joining us again. And, Colin, I'll let you sign us off.
0: Yeah, hit that subscribe button, everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, follow us on IG. Kari and the boys, we, we post stuff on there every once in a while. We'll be back next week with another one. Until then, keep swinging. I need to pee so
2: bad. Yeah, I think my dog does too. He's been looking at me like this for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that Even my mama thinks that my mind is gone But I ain't never crossed a man that
3: didn't deserve it Me be treated like a punk you know that's unheard of You better
2: watch how you're talking and where you're walking Or you and your homies might be lying and talking I really hate the trip.